0: This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to the Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. Here we are, our wrap-up after Stage 3, an actual very exciting day of interval start skate racing from Tobac, Italy. Stage 3 interval start 15k skate and 10k interval start skate for the women. 15K was for the men. Where do you want to start? I will tell you this. I have, for for some reason, every time someone's making a comment on Facebook, I hear a little ping on my computer, which is not normal. I don't know. Maybe I have a new setting on. I usually, like, there's no notifications for me, and I kind of go back at the end of the day. I'm like, ooh, who's commenting, and what are they saying? Uh, but it's not a surprise to me that I expected, with the sea of red in the men's race... <laughs> For folks to have some comments about that.
1: so Yeah, well, we can start. We can, let's start with the men's race. And you know what? Let's start off right away that it was an exciting day. It's not every 15K skate or a 15K classic. An individual start isn't usually the most exciting race in the World Cup. It's not that exciting cross-country skiing most of the time. Today wow, it was the most exciting 15K individual start that I've seen since, for both men and women, since the 15K individual start at the World Championships in Seafeld last year, which was one of the most exciting 15K classics I've ever seen in my life. Um, So I thought today was just fantastic. And you know what? We were talking about, like, which Ustigov's going to show up. The, The bear or the little bear cub? There is no bear cub. He is beasting. Like, he... Was skiing so well today. And you know, he's got a bit of a ragged technique. It's not the most, it's not the most, you know, his technique is a bit special, but he threw down hard. And to have a win by 22 seconds, it's 31, it's just over 31 minutes. I've raced in toe blocks so many times. That course is flat, it's easy. I've double pulled that course in a 15K classic, and I'm no double pull super champ. Like, uh, so it's, it's, yeah, no, it's flat. Like it is a very easy course and it's fast. So to put, to put 22 seconds into your competition, uh, Ustigov has come to play and he's come to play big time. So it was, a, it was a phenomenal race, not only by him, but, but to see the Russian express just come through and Yakimushkin second, he doesn't have a whole lot of podiums and he was skiing super well, does to sneak in in front of Bolshanov And uh, yeah, like you gotta, you, you gotta just, watch results like that and say the Russians were ready. They were super ready. You had Maltsev in six. You had Meleshenko in seventh. I mean, they, they absolutely demoed the field. And they they were ready for Toblock. absolutely.
0: Okay, so yeah, let's just run through the top 10. There's one, two, three, four, five, six Russians. Yeah,
1: six Russians in the top 10. And we're used to seeing six red suits in the top 10, but usually they're Norwegians. So this time around it's the Russians and they're coming through this tour super super well and they dealt a huge blow I think to the morale in their region team. Because I mean you have you have Klebo down in 17th, you have Didrik Tonseth in 70th. Which which you know there's been some sickness Nossum is dealing with uh, the head coach he's dealing with some with some stomach trouble he's got um I don't know if he's throwing up or just has things coming out of the number two, but, um, he's, he's not feeling that he's not feeling that well. You have Everson that traveled home with a small cold and, uh, is having trouble breathing, had such trouble breathing today that he actually dropped out and raged when he dropped out. That was too bad to see. He's young and you know, we shouldn't excuse, we shouldn't excuse behavior like that. But, uh, you know, he, he, he quit after he didn't even make it through 5k and he smashed his pole like Tomahawk style over, over the sponsor boards and he got a fine and had to say there was a family there with some kids. It was a bit like, oof, that wasn't, that wasn't the best, that wasn't the best thing you've ever done. He felt really bad about it, of course, but just another lesson for all of us out there that even though you're having a tough day at the office, try and keep your head, keep your head on your shoulders. But that, that, that kind of, to me, that, that, that video or the the little clip that they showed during the race of Volnus, like freaking out and breaking his pole over the sponsor banners. I feel like that's how the Norwegian men's team feels today because like this was, this was, this was not, I'm not going to say inexcusable that you're allowed to have bad days, but to have a bad day like this at the tour, when all the Russians have a good day, which are your biggest rivals for the year, it's not, it's not a great day to have a bad day like that. It just is.
0: Okay. So let's speak a little bit to, well, a couple of things. I want to take a step back and talk about the course itself. So, you, you know, you're saying, yeah, it's not you know, on World Cup standards, it, it, it's not the burliest of courses.
1: No, no, it's not burly whatsoever. It's it's
0: yeah. And so put that in context because I look at a profile and I posted a little um, the course profile for the 5K and there's two climbs on it. One starting I think around 1.4K and the other maybe around two and a half K. Yeah, how would you describe those climbs then?
1: Oh, they're just so gradual. All of the climbing in Toblak is so incredibly gradual. And that's why you see big men do well, usually, in toe block. Ustigov's a big guy. He's got a lot of power. Bolshanov, also a big guy. Kelly Halverson's a joke, but today he had yeah, a good race. So you got to say, you know, like Kelly Halverson, why do we even talk about Kelly Halverson, honestly? Like, he's a bum. But today, fourth, <laughs> wow. he's a bigger guy. He's a, he's a bigger guy, too. No, he's a bigger guy, too. Yeah. And, yeah. um, it, it really, really, really favors bigger skiers. Although, that said, I know, you know I can just hear Alex in my ear. It's like, yeah, but hasn't Kruger been amazing in uh, tow block before? And yes, he has been amazing in Toadblock before. But it, the climbs are very, very, very gradual. That's what I'm saying. And then on the way home, it's also pretty high speed on the way home. Mm. And Jessie Diggins has been so amazing in that course in the past because she can carry her speed so incredibly well. She's so good through the corners. And you can sit in a tuck and really find your good line through some of those corners. And it's just it's just a very easy course. Like I said, I Devin Kershaw, myself, I've double polled that on skate skis in a World Cup fifteen K classic. And all of those that know me know that stride and glide is what I'm all about. I love diagonal striding. I get made fun of about it all the time that I'm always diagonal striding when people are kick double polling in races when I used to race. And and I chose to double pole it because the course really, really is 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 easy just it's, it's an easy ski. course on a pair of skate skis yeah. yeah and and uh but look at the times too. 31 minutes a 31 minute 15k yeah. i mean these guys are good these are the best skiers in the world and they're in amazing shape so it's not on it's not unreasonable to see them go so fast but when you compare this to some other courses You know, in in Lillehammer, for example, maybe you're up around like 37, 38 minutes for 15K. Normally in a 15K skate, you're looking at like 34, 35, 36 minutes. So to come in at 31 minutes for a 15K skate, like that's incredibly fast. Conditions were really stable and good today and fast, but also the course just doesn't have any bite to it.
0: Okay, I want to pull up one second here. and It's more just like getting your thoughts on, I think this will pop up what I'm looking for, which is like a scary place most often Facebook. Um,
1: so yeah,
0: you know, it's, there's, there's eight comments here and the first person writes, and again, I want, I just am asking your thoughts on this cause I knew this was going to come up, you know, quote, nothing clean here, explanation point. Um, and there are responses that are similar in tone. Um, you know, how do you – yeah, what do you say to that? You know, when the climate suggests, obviously, you know, we have this WADA penalty most likely coming down for major international competitions, probably won't affect World Cup uh, starts. But that said, you know, what do you say? Uh, great skis? Yeah. They,
1: yeah, they did have great skis. They, they did. And you know what's funny about black We have missed the skis in Toblack when – all the competition has said, like, how did you miss the skis? It was minus six and cold and sunny and dolomites and, and nice. How do you miss the skis? And we missed the skis one year in Toblak because we just had the wrong structure. We just had the wrong structure. Probably something similar to what happened with the the Americans. I don't know if if that's exactly what happened, but that's what it looked like to me, that it was a structure problem. And we've had the same problem in Toblak, which is kind of strange. So I'm not totally sure with the Norwegian men, although the Norwegian women, we haven't got there yet. They were fantastic, so... I'm not sure with skis for the for the men's side. Sorry to say, but the Russians obviously had great skis. You can't you can't pack the top ten like that without without amazing equipment. And if if you think I'm dancing around the doping the doping stuff, I am I, I am maybe in some ways. But here, here's the thing, and this, what world do we want to live in? Really, like are are they cheating right now? How am I supposed to know? I'm sitting in Lillehammer. You're sitting in Bend. Uh, People commenting on Facebook are sitting wherever they're sitting. And who's to know if they're cheating right now or not? But what I can tell you right now is that the Russians today were the strongest team. They've been strong all season from the men's side. They really have been. And these names that are doing well are no slouches. Like Bolshinov won Lillehammer. Ustigov's been on fire lately. Yakamushkin's had some great skate, ski, skate skiing in the past. Miloshenko as well in seventh. This isn't a, Spitzoff, Jesus. I mean, spitzoff has been amazing too. These guys are good, good skiers. And I think it's sad that we live in a place that this is what happens. But just like the Tour de, just like the Tour de France, if as soon as somebody wins the Tour de France, Berdahl won the Tour de France last year, and everyone's like, oh, he's probably doped. It's like, maybe he's dope. Maybe he isn't. Who's to know? But... <laughs> I thought the race was exciting to be honest and I thought it was a real show of power by the Russian squad to just beat down on the Norwegians and they haven't been able to do that this year like they did today and the guys were skiing well they were re- they really were those, those Russian guys were skiing with a lot of power and they when you ski technically well like that and attack a course like that then then I mean Jesus they're they're moving fast it's just too bad it's too bad that that's how we live in in 2019 2020 but we do and there's always going to be some question marks around around great performances. I will say we've seen this already this year with the Norwegian team packing the top ten with a bunch of guys in the top ten. This today was the Russian guys that did it. So, you know, <laughs> this happens once th- in right? this happens once yeah. in a while with with very very strong teams. And for the men the, in cross country skiing this season, it has been a two team show. It's just Russia versus Norway. You know, we have Russia versus Canada in hockey all the time. And now in cross-country skiing this year, it is Russia's, Russia versus Norway. And Russia got the better of Norway. And you know, those Norwegians are not happy about it.
0: I think the U.S. plays right in there with the hockey, by the way.
1: Yeah, they do too. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. Jeez, 1980. I'm Canadian. I know. 1980. I, know. I, wasn't, t- I wasn't born. was about like I wasn't uh, born.
0: 2010 in Vancouver. I wasn't born.
1: Yeah, I know. That's true too. No, but there's a great rivalry. Hockey's got an amazing rivalry with Russia. No, I know for sure. No, but it's, oh yeah. Yeah, no. So it's, but it has been, it has been, uh, it was, it was an amazing show of strength, but I, I, I will just say that it's just not good to just like poke fingers at everyone else that are racing. I don't know if they're clean or if they're not clean. I know they have coaches on their staff that have a very dirty history and they shouldn't be there. And that I'm very outspoken towards. But the athletes themselves, I mean, who's who's to know? Honestly.
0: Okay, so tomorrow, and let's we'll kind of round out looking into the future for the guys before we jump into the women's race. So yeah, if, let's, Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's tomorrow do that. there's a 15k pursuit classic and toe block, and the start times. Although it's a pursuit, those start times tomorrow or time back in the pursuit are not. Uh, based on overall time back. They're based on time back from today's race. So, for example, uh, Bolshinov sits 27 seconds behind Ustogov in the overall, okay? That does not mean he'll be starting 27 seconds back tomorrow. Just to clarify, Ustogov today wins by 22.6 seconds. That means he will tomorrow have a 22.6 seconds gap on... Uh, Yakimushkin, who'll be starting second, and he'll be the, and he's the 22 second back guy. Bolshanov will be starting 29 seconds back, and I'm going to bump back to uh our friend Klebo, who is 111 back on the day. He, he'll be a minute 11 back tomorrow. Yeah.
1: It's a lot of time to make up. It's a lot of time on an easy course to make up but Klebo has had amazing 15K Classics pursuits in Toblock before where he made up an immense amount of time to win a pursuit. So it's not out of the question that you can see Klebo back up in the mix. It looks out of the question to win, from my perspective. Unless, unless Ustigov comes out, like we said, like just has a stinker, I, I really think on a course like this in the form Ustigov's in, like, I can't see Ustigov not winning tomorrow. Bol- Bolshinov, Bolshinov is 29 seconds back. He could come back to him. He could. Bolshinov is an amazing classic skier. He's shown himself to be in phenomenal form. He could make that time up, but that's borderline. I, I mean, if anyone can take out Ustigov for the win, it's Bolshinov. Behind him, the guys, you don't get to good classic skiers till Ivo Niskanen, who's 11th, 51 seconds back. Yes, I hopped over Shudoff. That is a great classic skier, but this year he's really struggled with his form. He has not had a good race yet. And he's 39 seconds back and he's with Milishenko. That's not the greatest classic skier and Lucas Boygel, who had an amazing race today, the German to come ninth, is going to be no help to him. Absolutely no help to Shudoff. Spitzoff is better in skating and Niskanen will catch up to to Shudoff and maybe he can hang on there but even Niskanen who is the best classic skier in the world this year 51.5 seconds back that's not nothing that's that's a lot of time to make up that's 20 21 22 seconds behind Bolshinov. and Bolsjunov is also in phenomenal form uh, i think it's a bridge too far on a course that's very very easy i think it's going to be very difficult for a guy like Niskanen to make up the ground he needs to be fighting for the win on the stage tomorrow and then moving down the list to Klebol 111 back. Really, Klebo has one chance, and that chance is this: he needs to evaporate that 19-20 seconds up to Niskanen and just sit in. If that's what he has to do. That's his chance. He has to somehow. I think that's possible? I think it is possible. I think it is possible if he has a phenomenal day in classic. I think if we see how good. Klebo was in Kusimo in the 15k classic to be only 10 seconds behind Niskanen in a course that Mm -hmm. really really favors Niskanen I would say that this flatter course this little easier course and then especially on the way down these downhills are are fairly gradual but they're fast you need a good line through the corners there's no one better there's no better descender in the world cup in distance races or sprints than Johannes Klebo he can make up an immense amount of time everyone always likes to say oh look at clabo skis they're so much better than everybody else's they're not his skis that are better than everybody else's he takes way better lines than everybody else he holds his speed up way better than everyone else he's an amazing double poler. he keeps his weight right under him it's a textbook technique so if there's anybody that could he could do that he could make that time up but it's going to be a huge risk he's going to have to do that early and he's going to have to try and evaporate that almost 20-second gap up to Niskanen in a very short amount of time. And when you do that, you could blow up, and if you blow up, then the tour is over.
0: <laughs> okay, so just kind of projecting and clarifying for people who are listening about all these times, in the overall, after three stages, Claybo is sitting 37 seconds back, um, although he's starting you know, a minute 11 behind uh, Ustakoff to tomorrow. If he ma- you think it's possible to make up a 37-second gap on a used to golf in a fifteen k classic, I,
1: I think I, if he, if he can get up to Niskanen, it is one hundred percent realistic. It's it's realistic to take over the lead of the tour, but he's going to need some help. And if you look at the results around Claybo, I mean, Dario's dealing with this weird injury that he's been dealing with for years now. Um, lower body, well, lower body injury that means nothing. His ankle, his calf, ankle has been bothering him a lot, and that's, uh, he's had to sit out a lot of classic races in the past, and he's already missed some classic races this year, because of, because of that injury, and then you have, like, <laughs> Chapaz, Gaillard, like, forget it, these guys aren't going to help him, this isn't going to help you, and, like, H- Hugo Lapalus, Clement Paris, Jonas Bauman, they're, they're just, these guys aren't, these guys aren't going to be the, the engines that tow Klebo up to Niskanen, it's going to, Really be up to Clabo to do a good job, like a a hero's work, to get up to Niskanen and and then just hope to God you don't blow up and then stay on that train. Because I think if not, it's going to be very hard tomorrow. So 37 seconds up to take the tour overall lead again, absolutely doable, but he's going to need some help. He won't be able to do it alone.
0: On the women's side, uh, not ironic, a very exciting interval star race to watch. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, It
1: was so awesome. I had goosebumps. I, I was yeah, I was pretty gripped. It was gripped. Like it was beautiful skiing. I mean, we've talked a bit about the technique of the girls that are fighting in the top, but let's revisit it. I mean, England, England, sorry. England has the best skating technique on the women's side. And it was on full display today. She was skiing stunningly beautifully. I, I mean, there's, yeah, it, it doesn't get any better technically than that. And, coming down to the wire point seven seconds behind Johag, like, wow, <laughs> that was edge of your seat stuff if you're a Nordork like me. And, you know, like you talk, you asked me a question too, like, what do you think, what kind of form do you think Ingveld's going to bring to this tour yeah, and this I mean, and that? Like, she, she's, it, you think it's astounding till you just dig in and you know what she's done for her training. You know how she's been day in, day out, all the way since May you know, she's one of Kristen's, or she's one of my wife's good friends. I mean, she has done a phenomenal job with her training. And then you hear that she has to take her training down a notch. She's cut about 20, 30% of her normal training load. She doesn't race. She's coming into this tour fresh. Ebba Anderson, as well, who had that injury when she was running. Yes. That, was a, that was a listener question. We never really got back to that. Why hadn't Ebba Anderson raced in period one? She ha- She slipped while running before the World Cup started and <clears throat> hurt herself. And that kept her out this whole time. And now she's back. She's skiing beautifully. Ingveld and Ebba are are rested, they're ready, they're skiing well technically and it's showing. Heidi Wang, amazing day again, 10 seconds back. She's really back. I I think it's time we can just put the last 2 years behind us and Heidi Wang is back fighting with the top. Diggins, Sadie, Rosie, 7 8 9. These are great races. These are great races. 30 I know I know with Diggins and Toll Black we expect amazing things. We expect podiums or win, a win even, but Like you said, when you just saw that race, if you really saw that race, the women that were fighting at the top today were skiing so beautifully. And it's just going to take a special day to knock those women off their game. And to be 35 seconds behind the likes of Johag and and Ingveld and and only 25 seconds behind Eva Anderson when they're skiing like that, there's nothing to be ashamed about that performance. It was was great skiing.
0: Here's a question. So um, and I think I got this right here, but Osberg was in bib. She was a 32nd starter bib 32 of the top 10 skiers. There was, uh, Hennig and Brennan who w- went before her. So Osberg had, you know, those splits to go off of. Otherwise every other top 10 skier went after her. I feel like that to me is like, remarkable that she could oh, keep that kind absolutely. of pace and be that close when you know let's see Johaug is starting uh six bibs back in 38 and can go off her splits can go off osberg splits
1: no no I, yeah for sure for sure that's impressive i mean of course engeld is getting back sure splits. sure norway doesn't come to these races with like with three people, they, I mean, there's an immense amount of red Bjorn jackets all over that course giving Ingveld back splits, but like you're saying, Teresa has the benefit of getting real-time splits on Ingveld the whole way, and you even heard it going up the last hill, actually on the feed, you heard, I think it was Gerendra, like the assistant women's coach, giving her splits saying, you're two seconds up on Ingveld in Norwegian, so I mean, that helps, right? That helps. The, she, it, Teresa knew that she was, she was in a tight race with Ingveld, Ingveld wouldn't have known that, I don't know if you noticed, Ingveld was doing a lot of skiing with Ebba Anderson, who was a lap behind her. And I think that really helped Ingveld's last lap because Ebba was skiing so phenomenally well. And on these easier courses, they they can fool you a little bit. They're easier terrain. It's crazy fast. But at the same time, to have a back, to just sit in and find a rhythm early, especially for Ingveld, who is on her second lap. She has one lap in her legs and then you have an Ebba Anderson who's skiing so phenomenally well and you have that back. And you can kind of just turn your mind off and just have a great race. I mean, that, that helped Engub a lot, I think. So that, that can't be, that can't be ignored either. Sure. But at the same time, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Teresa had the benefit. She's getting all those splits all the way around the course. And when it's so tight like that, when you win by 0.7 seconds, I mean, it, 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 that right. that's a huge advantage. It is.
0: And Osberg like brought back at the 5k split, you know, again, like in, you know, reality, Osberg's out, uh, ahead of Teresa in terms of bib number, but Osberg is behind at the five K split by a, essentially nine seconds halfway through the race. And she is starts to eat that time up as she starts that second lap by eight K. She's essentially nullified, you know, they're essentially skiing right next to each other.
1: You know, if it's a mass start. Yeah, and exactly. And, and that's, and that's where I think that's where the help from EBA came into gotcha. play. Because Ebba is an amazing climber. She's a really, really good climber. And she was looking really good today on that gradual terrain. Ebba was skiing with a great frequency, great rhythm. And Ingveld and had a bit of an advantage there to, to, have, that, to have some help from Ebba up to the top point of the course. And you saw that to eat up 10 seconds on Teresa on that terrain is, is very impressive. Uh, but Teresa didn't have the same help. But she did have the help with all the splits. So it was a, that's what I mean. It was just, there was a lot of moving parts today. I thought it was super exciting. And I also want to say, uh, before we move on, I thought Sophie Caldwell in 25th, 120.
0: I, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah.
1: 125 back in a, in a 10K skate. That is a great performance. And also, Catherine Ogden, 34th, five seconds from the points. The, the future is bright with the U.S. Like we've been saying the whole time, the, the American women really have something special. And it was sad to see Julia Kern not come to the start today. But at the end of the day, when you have Catherine Ogden filling in with a thirty-fourth place finish, which I thought was a which is a, a good race by the Dartmouth skier, and then also Sophie Caldwell in a in a ten k skate twenty-fifth. This is a, this is a solid race. She's not that far out in time. It's going to be a fun classic race tomorrow. Really fun, and I think. I think Sadie is looking... I mean, she could move into the top six at the end of the day if one of those girls in the top six are like Astrid or or, uh, Nepereva have a tougher day. Sadie is really good on this course. She can make up some good time. You know, Stadlober is a good classic skier. She's not sitting that far back. It'll be really interesting to see Jessie tomorrow. You know, I've been singing her praises with her classic technique. She has made a lot of adjustments, but uh, it's going to be a true test for her tomorrow. It really will be. And then Teresa and Ingveld. It's light terrain, and Ingveld is skiing so phenomenally well. I mean, Teresa's technique is also textbook beautiful now too. But but Ingvald has a lot of power, more power than than Teresa. And on this light terrain and classic, it's it's going to be really exciting to see.
0: Yeah, I know. You know, I, if yeah.
1: she can hang on, if she can hang on to Teresa, I mean, Ingveld wins tomorrow. You know, but that's the key. Can she hang on? Can she hang on for two laps? It's uh I think we're in for another exciting race tomorrow.
0: W- and you have a whole host of, you know, just amazing skiers that are starting, you know, relatively right behind. You have Anderson 10 seconds back, Vang 10 seconds back tomorrow. Jakobsen, you know, 20 seconds back, Neprieva 26 seconds back, and then Diggins.
1: Yeah, so No, exactly. And 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 that's what I think that's what I think is so fun. You have you have Ingveld and Teresa that are gonna go out together. Then you're gonna have Ebba and Heidi that are gonna to go together, which is great. Neprieva, if she's having any sort of day, will eat up that six seconds instantly. And Astrid and, and Nepreeva will be going together and then you'll have the American championship, the US championships. You th- you thought they were in Houghton, Michigan, they're not, they're here tomorrow. And it's gonna be seven, eight, nine. They're gonna be skiing together as well. They really will be. And I think it's going to make for a really exciting pursuit. I'm glad they brought this old style pursuit back into, this, uh, into the tour. I think the two day pursuits are exciting, especially when you have such a great individual start to start things off. Uh, you know sometimes it can be a bit bad if somebody just blows everything up and Teresa wins by a minute three then it's not that exciting but tomorrow will be very exciting so it's uh, there's a lot of storylines to follow there and uh, you know what I think for Jesse it could be a real it could be a real boon it could be a real bonus to start with with Sadie um, to try and to just follow that rhythm I think it could help Jesse have a good classic race and and that's important because they still have time to make up, sadly, after that uh, misstep on the stage one. So they, they have time to make up and they need the help. So it's cool that it's in one way, it's cool to be able to help each other.
0: Let me, let me uh, talk about the mishap on stage one just a little bit more. You know, from an athlete perspective, I know that, you know, they have to get over that immediately, right? Like it does them no good.
1: Oh, yeah. you have no time. I mean, to no, absolutely not. And not right. in a tour. Oh, and not but in a the tour. Same, so,
0: and again, I these are nice, good people. So let's like try and depersonalize the best any sort of mishap here. Oh, they're but, amazing. You know, last year when uh, I think we already talked about this, but when Diggins is you know in the leaders' bib for you know the tour, I think maybe going into the fourth stage. Um, You know, and they had an off wax day and boom, you're, you're done. I guess my question is holistically, when you think about world cup service, from your experience, you know, having off days, like how likely is that?
1: You know what? It shouldn't, it's not very likely. I mean, the guys, it's really, really, man, I say really a lot, eh? but they have, um, they have made some good improvements Uh, across the board every waxing team has made a made huge improvements in the last 10 years as far as consistency you don't see teams miss the wax all that often anymore but sadly you do see this you see the smaller teams miss the wax far more often than the big powerhouse teams And that is because it is so hard to control the variables and have enough test skis and have enough people to test those test skis, to have all these different combinations. And sometimes you just have to take a risk. And that's why I keep bringing up structure because, you know, on the US team, there is not a standardized grind. So when you're on the US ski team, you don't have US grinds. You know, Jesse's coming to the start with Solomon grinds. Sadie has whatever grinds are on our Fisher's, whether they're coming from, from Fisher themselves or, or a third party grind. Uh, you have Sophie Caldwell also on Solomon with Solomon grinds. W- when you're on the Norwegian team, all the Norwegians have Norwegian ground skis. So it'd be like Norwegian 5 or Norwegian 10. And, and how the Norwegian powerhouse can, can test, and that's the same as Russia. Russia tests like this too because they have a really amazing waxing crew as well and big and quite systematic now. It never used to be, but it is now. And what ends up happening is you test grinds first, then you test structures up on the grinds that are the fastest for the day. And then you can go to the technicians and say, a Norwegian 5 is great today, um, you know, so don't pull out a Norwegian 12 and because the structure over a Norwegian 12 won't work. It's like, okay, and whereas in the in, in Nor- in U.S. or Canada, we're flying blind because you just don't have enough people, you don't have enough test skis. So you, you test the wax, then you test the structure, but they're not necessarily testing the structure over the grinds that the athletes have, and that's where big problems can happen because it can just stop up completely and then it can it 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 befuddles everything and technicians are confused and no one knows why the skis slow down and but it's because you have a team with 10 different grinds on their skis. And so it's like maybe it works great for one one athlete and the other athlete it's a, it's a complete nightmare. And so for the smaller teams for the smaller wax teams it's really tough to control all the variables. It just is. I was surprised and I you know how much I love all those American technicians. They do a great job. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have Olympic, they, like we said, six medals in period one, six out of ten, nine races there on the World Cup podium. They're doing a yeah, lot of things. Success. They're doing a lot of things really, really well. It's just too bad to miss the, the wax or the grind or the, the structure and especially on stable conditions. You know, Linsa Haida is not a card mm-hmm. you want to use you know when Jesse missed the wax uh, when they had a tough waxing day last year these are they, those were very challenging conditions. Were. yep so that 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 is it's like a
0: zero day in snowing or something
1: it totally oh yeah absolutely and those things are gonna happen you're, you you're gonna have mix ups but in Linsahida, it's that one's gonna sting a little bit more for those technicians because those are the days you just you should be in the game you might not have the fastest skis in the field but it's a mass start it's in pretty easy course you You just need skis that are good enough, and sometimes you try and get a little cute or you just get some bad luck and and that's what yeah ha- that's what you have happen and and like we've talked about, the American women are on the back foot now uh through this tour, and they need a little luck now they do they need some luck to to be able to get right back into the mix to fight for the overall podium. It's not out of the question; I still think they can do it if they have some great races further on, but it's it's by no means easy when you miss a day that like they missed in Linsada. gotcha
0: yep yep okay well it should be exciting tomorrow
1: oh it's going to be super exciting and i thought i thought it was really cool to see that the 15k and the 10k individual start was exciting when linside of them for the men when you have just that 3k course uh, bodies and skis and poles bashing in everywhere no one can get away no one can do anything and then what it, uh, it's kind of funny i guess maybe i'm not sure what uh, what an armchair viewer would say it'd be kind of interesting to hear but for me that is obviously a super dork with with cross country skiing. I thought today was 10 times more exciting for the men and the women than than what we saw in in Linzaheida. So that that was that was really cool and tomorrow will be even more exciting like you said. So everyone's going to go out together it's going to be uh, a great race and, and an easier course. So I think it favors, I think it favors people like Ingveld, but Tereza Johag hasn't lost many ski races lately. So it's hard to discount her, but it, there'll be a lot of storylines there. And then if Heidi and and Ebba can work together, who knows, who knows if they can get back towards the the front, the top end of that field for the women. And then the men, the Russian, the, the Russian armada has had a great day today and, and they'll be looking to have a great day tomorrow. But those guys you know a lot of those guys in the top 10 aren't the strongest classic skiers from the Russian Federation so some guys are but some guys aren't so it'll be really interesting to see like will Melichenko, like just fall down to like 15th tomorrow because he's not the strongest classic skier you've ever seen um what 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 classic what spits off are we going to get you know he's not super consistent in classic either but you have in right behind him so now there's lots of storylines so it's going to be really fun to follow along
0: Thanks for listening. And if you have any questions, please send them to info at fasterskeeter.com or to Devin at fasterskeeter.com. Thanks.